It is Wednesday, November 29th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. The penultimate college football playoff rankings unveiled. And the play-in tournament quarterfinals are set. Here comes the Vegas Troop. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Top 25 is released, and there's some controversy. And the quarterfinals of the NBA play-in tournament are set. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But first, AJ, the Vegas lead, the college football playoff rankings. This is the penultimate rankings. That means uh, second to last. Thank you. Just, I don't, you might not have known that. You're right. I, yeah, might be, yeah. I might be just a moron. It's a McKenzie word. It's a big I word. I wish I knew the etymology of pen. That's like a real something I would know, but it's not. Well, here's what we know right now is that the four undefeated teams are one through four. And I say four with all due respect to Liberty. They're undefeated. Bibbidi, but bibbidi. They're not in this conversation. Georgia one, Michigan two, Washington three, Florida State four. And then number five, Oregon. Number six, Ohio State. Number seven, Texas. And number eight, Alabama. Those are the four one-loss teams after the undefeated teams. And that's where we will draw the line, AJ. And for the committee, there's a scenario where it's clean cut and there's no debate. And that's if the four undefeated teams all win their championship games. And I think that they would really enjoy that. I think the committee would like it if there was no debate. But given what's going on with Florida State, I don't know that there's a scenario where they avoid no debate. If Florida State wins, they're getting in an undefeated. I, I know, but there's yeah. going to be people who don't believe they should. doesn't matter. You're not leaving out an undefeated Power 5 champion. It, it would if, the, if the goal of the committee is to put the four best teams in the playoffs. I agree with you. The, if I Florida agree. State's not one of the four best teams. I agree. But, the, and honestly. But, you, but we've seen Ohio State get in. Cardell, William, what, Cardell Jones, right? Yep. Gets into the playoff and, and, and shines as a third-string quarterback. So yep. there is precedent for a team on backup-to-backup quarterbacks that wind up getting into the college football playoff. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I agree. I think they do get in. I'm just saying I'm not sure that they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, this is to me, the most fascinating argument is ab- about Oregon and how Oregon is ranked fifth in these ratings ahead of Ohio State, ahead of Texas, and ahead of Alabama. When they did that television show uh, earlier today, we record this on Tuesday night, so Tuesday afternoon when they released the, uh, the, uh, the standings, how they, with a straight face, had this guy on talking about how he decided between the one-loss teams, and then he put up the side-by-side resumes of those one-loss teams, and... I mean, it's not even close. Oregon has the worst resume mm. of those four teams. But Oregon has looked the best. It, and that is literally all you can say yeah. is eye test. Yeah. Like, so if you say, well, what about strength domi- of schedule? They've dominated everybody they play. Yeah, well, yeah, they played Portland State. Doesn't matter. <laughs> they, like, they've dominated ever since they lost to Washington. They have dominated every game they've played. I get it. But what I still will never understand is if Alabama had not put their balls on the table and played Texas in the non-conference, 
Alabama would be undefeated and would could probably but afford Alabama a loss. also took a fourth and thirty one miracle last week to beat Auburn. They beat they beat their rival. Yeah, on on a the the, the chance the the winning Listen, percentage for them okay. was as low as it can be. It was what one was the play. winning percentage with for Oregon when they were down to Texas Tech with a minute and a half left in the game? Texas not Tech. as low as fourth and thirty one. Sure, goal but it's thirty one like yard line. Everybody has game. Like you're not going to blow out everybody, and especially. I mean, but you're more likely to blow out everybody when you don't play anybody. And that, to me, is the biggest issue because Alabama, Ohio State, and Texas all played big-time non-conference games. And Texas and Ohio State are not being rewarded for that. Alabama is being punished for that, in fact, because Oregon, they figured out, oh, it's a lot easier. Instead of playing one of those games, we'll just play – Three nobodies, four nobodies, and uh, and yeah, we're 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 set. Yeah, listen, they play they played the number nineteen ranked Colorado Buffaloes. Their their fourth game of the uh, season. I mean, you will hear Pac twelve defenders saying that, and it's insane yeah. to me. But but here's the, here's the the reality of the situation is you have the Heisman favorite, you have a one loss team that barely lost in an exciting game on the road. And ever since that loss, all they have done is gotten better every week and have won their games by an average of 26 points. What is their best win? Who is the best team? Oregon they State, 31-7. So beating be- Utah, 35-6. Utah, who's on what? At their, Utah. Their third quarterback or second quarterback? I, I don't know anymore. You go but to Utah, you win 35-6. You, you, go, you play Oregon State, you Scott, win 31-7. Texas went to Alabama, where Alabama— I don't care what no, happened— t- then, then three months ago. Then you're being absurd. Like that, like so be, when did Utah happen? Six weeks ago. So like that's the limit of when it's okay to count something? I think the I think yes, teams first three weeks of the season don't mean anything. Do you know how many teams have beat Nick Saban's Alabama coach teams by double digits at home? Not many. One, Texas. The first double digit loss at home mm-hmm. since Nick Saban's been at Alabama. And, like, people are like, well, Oregon went to Utah and beat their backup quarterback. It's insanity. Like, the whole season happened. How are we saying the first three weeks don't happen? That's when these teams actually push themselves in non-conference play. Sure. But Ohio State didn't beat Notre Dame at Notre the, Dame. That happened. The committee is tasked with putting in the four best teams and most deserving teams right now. Then you cannot make a case for Florida State while making a case for Oregon. Because those two things, they, they don't they don't jive. Like but They can't Fl- be the same thing. Okay, but Florida State, even after losing their quarterback, went on to win Put up 214 games. yards of offense. Awesome. They, they have one of the best defenses in the country. Okay. They uh, went on the road and, and won 24-15. Against a team that's not going to play in a bowl. Sure. Yeah, that, that's the point. Like So that win counts more than something that happened? That, well, this does next, that win count more no, for them than the LSU win? No, this next win will count the most. Okay. This next win counts the most. The, their playoff lives, Florida State's season comes down to one game. That's it. They win this game. Right. That's going to show people. You win a championship game against a ranked team like Louisville with a quarterback like Rodemaker, then you're undefeated. You're, I, in, the, you know you're what? in the playoff. I, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's the way it should be, but I can accept that that's the way it is. Florida State goes unbeaten. Are, are they one of the four best teams in the country? No, it's not even close. I don't know if they were one of the four best teams in the country when they had Jordan Travis. Mm-hmm. But the likelihood is they're going to be in. I have more beef with Oregon being ranked ahead of these other one-loss teams when their resume is uh, – the only thing you can say about it is eye test. 
that if we if we just go by eye test, then what does strength of record ha- matter? What does strength of schedule matter? What does uh, wins against top 25 teams? Like, all, you're saying all of that doesn't matter. It's all trumped by eye test. That is a crazy thing. Well, this is what happens when you have a group of people in the room that are voting. It's a human element. If we go back to the BCS system and we go back to the computers, then you know what? Texas is probably in. The computer rankings have them above, which is crazy because we use computer rankings in other ways, like UNLVs in the championship game because of computer rankings. So they use a combination of the computers and a combination of the eye tests and what what they believe. Yeah, the strength of schedule ranks for the four one-loss teams, Ohio State sixth. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately for them, they don't get another game. So it's – can't award you for not playing. It's your it's it's game. tough for the, it's it's going to be tough for them to move up. Obviously, mm-hmm. Texas thirteenth in the country. It's pretty good. Alabama thirty first in the country. It's fair. Oregon sixty second. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, I mean, it's it's wild that the team who has done the least, but is, is beating but is beating Washington. Then why? What are we is doing? Beating with, Washington, the uh, the better win than any win that Texas has. Is beating Washington on a neutral better than winning at Alabama? No. If Alabama, loses, if Alabama loses to Georgia, they're a two-loss team. Scott, that barely got by Auburn last week. Is Alabama better than Washington? If I if I gave you Washington plus 200 straight up against Alabama on a neutral, would you take that? Uh, Alabama, I'd lay it with Alabama. Of course you yes. would. It, like, there's no doubt that Washington I mean, is not on that nine, level. They're nine and a half. But look at what the market's telling us. Washington's nine and a half point dogs yes. against Oregon. So but the that's, market that's believes potentially, that Oregon's the better team. But that's potentially the best win they can have on their mm-hmm. schedule. Uh, up to this point, the best win on Oregon's schedule, like you said, is Oregon State. Yeah, at, at Utah, going to a difficult place to play. Okay, the Oregon's eight and four. Or Utah's, Utah's eight and four. And they had a backup quarterback playing. Like, I, I guess, but that is not the kind of win to me. It, it, speaking of... Texas won at they won against Kansas State with a backup like Texas had the backup mm-hmm. quarterback and won that game. I, I just don't understand. But now, if you if you can't compare wins without comparing losses, and so what is Texas's loss? It's to Oklahoma. Yeah, who lost two games all year? Is that but is that what's the better loss? Is the better loss by a field goal to Washington on the road? in one of the most competitive, fun games of the year where your coach made some questionable fourth-down decisions and you really could have won that game. Or I mean, all, everything you just said. Fun shootout against you, Oklahoma. Everything you said, you could say the same thing about Oklahoma, the Oklahoma-Texas game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Texas lost that game with 15 seconds to go. Yeah. They, they were at a lead with 15 seconds. fans in the stadium. Sure. I, I, I just, I mean, if that's, if you're being penalized for losing your one game to Oklahoma in the last 15 seconds, that's absurd. Especially when the gap between well, Alabama is being punished for winning a game I, with the last play of the game. I, I, that's insane to me as well. And uh, not only that, but Alabama's being punished for playing Texas out of conference. Because if Alabama just if they play the Citadel in that game, they're sitting at twelve and zero, and there's there's no discussion. Like they're we're talking about well, mm-hmm. uh, Georgia and Alabama are playing a game that doesn't matter because they're both getting into the playoff. And I, I, it's fascinating to me that. All, they tell you, you'll be rewarded for these things. Go out of conference, you'll be rewarded. And then we're seeing the exact opposite happen. It just doesn't make, because quote unquote, eye test is how we're making decisions now. You know what? That's the reason why Texas and Oklahoma will be playing in the SEC next year.
Yeah. Uh, that said, I mean, are Texas and Oklahoma going? Are, are they going to go eleven and one in the SEC? You don't have to. Twelve team playoff. That's true, uh, it, but it, it still doesn't make this right. I mean, that's what, or you could say the same thing. Oregon's going to be in the Big Ten next year. Uh, I think what we saw as the season went on, it, early in the season, it looked like the Pac-12 was going to be a really good conference. When we thought they were going to be a really good conference, we thought Washington State was a good team. It turns out they're just not. Mm-hmm. We thought UCLA was good. It turns out they were not good. They lost to freaking Cal and Arizona State. Yeah, USC. USC, bumps. not good. But, Utah, not good. But like, you have Arizona, who is the number 15 team in the country. Yep. Right. Oregon State, still the number 20 team in the country. And you have the number three team in the country and the number five team in the country. That's a quality conference. Sure. It's a quality conference, but is, is it like – worlds ahead of everything else to enough that it's like you you can play nobody in the non-conference and you're still up there it doesn't make sense to me they is the is the pac-12 better than the sec no then how is one loss alabama behind one loss oregon again it's oregon blowing everybody out and alabama needing a miracle to get by Auburn. All right. Well, I, I mean, every every team is going to need miracles and, along the and, way. And Oregon has the better loss than Alabama. I, I disagree with that. What are you talking about? Oregon lost on the road by a field goal to the number three team in the nation. Again, Alabama lost by double digits at home. Is Washington better than Texas, though? Like, we could say unbeaten because, yeah, Washington didn't play anybody either. Do you know what the best – like, if you took every team in the Pac-12 and said – what is the best non-conference win that any any team in the Pac-12 had this win? You, you know who it would be? Seven and five Wisconsin. Washington State beat seven and five Wisconsin. That is the best. That's the in fact. That's the only win that they have over a team with a winning record. Listen, the schedule is the schedule. All you can do is play who's in front of you. That's it. Can't that's go back not and change true. The schedule now. Well, yeah, now you can't, but you can grade based on the curve that the schedule creates. And that's what the committee's failing to do here. I, I, to me, Oregon being ranked ahead of, like, I would say they shouldn't be ranked ahead of Ohio State today. I get if they beat Washington. That, that, I mean, again, Oregon's not going to be, or Ohio State's not going to be playing. So mm-hmm. let's just say, let's presume all these teams somehow win. Alabama, Oregon, and Texas all win. I could see Oregon being ahead of Ohio State. I don't see putting ahead of them of Alabama or Texas. I just don't. It, it, it's. It, it takes away any reason why you'd play these power five, like these big non-conference games. It doesn't make any sense to do it because you're not rewarded for it. Well, then it just goes back to the, I don't know. They have the best, they have the Heisman Trophy favorite, and they've looked better than they've blown out everybody. I understand that you play shit opponents, but what, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> then, then what are we, why aren't we talking about Liberty? They haven't lost a game yet. Sure. Look at that. Look, who cares who they're playing? A couple of years ago, we they're put winning Cincinnati. every game. And a couple of years ago, we put Cincinnati in. And how'd that work out? I, I think we saw the result of that. Like, you cannot just say, well, they won a bunch of games. Doesn't matter who they played. They're winning the games. We've got to put them in. It's, it leads to these blowout games in the playoff that I'm just not interested in. Uh, I say reward the teams, who, and if it would have been Ohio State, reward them for playing at Notre Dame at the beginning of the year. Reward Texas and Alabama for playing. Whoever would, whoever won that game should be rewarded, and Alabama certainly shouldn't be punished for, for going out of their way to play that game, especially when the team that you're putting ahead of them, their toughest non-conference game was against Texas Tech, and it took it, they, were, they were down in that game with 90 seconds to go. I, I, 
I just think the the or and I get the Heisman uh, and you know what my vote would for for the Heisman if I had one would be for Bo Nix. I still don't think this is one of the the four best resumes in the country and I test just it, it's not enough. Like you you have to put together a resume and even on that graphic it said resume comparison. It didn't say I test compare. It said mm-hmm. resume and when you look at the resume, it ain't close. It really isn't close. Oregon's not close to any of those other three teams. I think Oregon would be favored over Texas. They would be. They'd probably be two-and-a-half-point favorites. But you know what? But you know what? LSU would be a touchdown favorite against Florida State right now. And LSU lost three games, and Florida State's probably going to be in the playoff. So (laughs) going by the Vegas spread doesn't work out either. It's, it's, It's a wild system. I guess it's, you know, this is why they're expanding the 12. I've often pushed against expansion the 12, but... I mean, if if we're, if resume doesn't matter, then they they have to because otherwise they, there's no incentive to play big games. Well, if you had a 12 team playoff right now, these would be your matchups. Your top four teams would have the buys. So you would have Georgia, your one seed, Michigan two, Washington three, and uh, Florida State four. This is without the playoff, the tournament games right now. Yeah, I mean the the title games right now. Your 7-10 matchup would be Texas against Penn State yep. with the winner playing Michigan. So let's play that out. Texas-Penn State. <laughs> Texas is much better than Penn State. All right. Texas against Michigan. Uh, Michigan is better. That would be in the Cotton Bowl. All right, yeah. there you go. Michigan advances to the Rose Bowl. Okay. Now we have the uh, Ohio State against Ole Miss. Ohio State. Ohio State against Washington in the Fiesta. Ohio State. All right. Ohio State then takes on Michigan in the semifinal. Now we go Alabama against Missouri. Alabama. Okay. Alabama-Georgia. Which is what we have this we'll, weekend. We'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah. Okay. Oregon against Tulane. <laughs> Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. Oregon against Florida State. Oregon. All right. Then Oregon's in the in the semifinal yep. against the winner of Alabama, Georgia. Yeah. Then your final four is Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon, and Georgia, Alabama winner. But you know what? That goes back to how is Oregon number five over Ohio State and Alabama and Texas? Switch them around. Oregon, Ole Miss. Uh, Oregon. Oregon. Oregon, Washington. We'll find out. Exactly. Yeah. And Oregon gets into the semifinal yeah. anyway. You want to put them at uh you want to put them at seven? Oregon, Penn State. Oregon. Who would Oregon, you? Michigan? Ask me that one. Well, I mean that's a tough game. I, I, I don't know that it is. I'd love to see that in the Rose Bowl. Hey, well <laughs> you might. <laughs> you might. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, 
I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. The NBA play-in tournament quarterfinals are set. The matchups for Monday, December 4th and Tuesday, December 5th are as follows. It'll be the Celtics and the Pacers in one Eastern Conference matchup. It'll be the Pelicans and the Kings in the Western Conference matchup. And on Tuesday, Knicks against the Bucks, Suns against the Lakers. But how did we get there, guys? We got there because of point differential. I was reading an article last night on ESPN.com talking about how a lot of players were uneasy with the tie-breaking scenarios because they needed to run up the scores in the games last night in order to get the point differential. Josh Hart of the Knicks said after the game, it was weird because the Knicks, who finished second in Group B behind the Bucks, had to keep scoring. They beat the Hornets 115-91 last night. McKenzie, when you were watching these games last night and handicapping these games, was it was it weird thinking about that part of the equation that teams needed to score to get the point differential? If you would have written down like the rules of the tournament and then described where we were at with all of these two and one and three and one teams, and then told me that to you know have a general thesis, I'd probably go like nine and zero. Like every two and one team won because it doesn't matter if you're zero and two or one and two, you're already eliminated. And the teams that needed to win, like the Celtics, like we talked about yesterday morning. One by incredible margin, but uh, it's times like this I remind myself that sometimes I have theories like college basketball first half unders that are good one year and then are two and ten. Like, yeah. like you could have the perfect theory, but uh, yeah, I left some some bullets in the chamber. I regret for sure. Joe Mazzula said he was not comfortable running up the score last night against the Bulls. The Celtics won one twenty four ninety seven. Jason Tatum played the final nine minutes of that game. All five starters played at least five minutes in the fourth quarter, despite the Celtics winning by 29 going into the fourth quarter. When do you see that? It's funny that Jason Tatum was the one quotable person that was like, you know, I just really don't respect people that run it, run it up. Uh, but they must have had a meeting like, well, there's millions of dollars at stake or at least $500,000 for you and millions of dollars for the team. And this is what we're going to do. And they and they are a team. I mean, imagine if they did this. It's so much. It's so much about motivation in in the NBA, like a night to night basis. But uh, it was clear motivation for the Celtics they throughout. Did, they did hack a Drummond in the fourth quarter. <laughs> That's what they were doing. They were doing hack a Drummond just to get him to the free throw line so that they can get more offensive well, possessions. I'm, I, I'm not surprised at this. And honestly, one of the one of the the only NBA play I made yesterday, and I texted Mac about it, was oh, I liked over two thirty seven in the Hawks and Cavs game. 
And I figured the Cavs, they're, they're gonna, if they win, they're going to be three and one. They need margin. They're going to try and run it up. What I didn't account for, how, and by the way, it finished 233. So it, it was, it, the, it lost, even though it got a lot of steam, closed like 239 and a half. But they were, Atlanta was down 20 with four minutes left. Quinn Snyder said, enough, took his players off the floor. They scored two points in the last four minutes of the game. Cleveland, however, their starters kept playing. They were trying. It's just, I mean, it was, it is, it makes for a weird situation that the team by 20, and and at the end of the day, their margin wasn't enough. They won that game 128 to 105, and that wasn't enough. So I, I don't know what more you can do. Maybe it's, I don't know if four games is enough that like you have to take into account win margin. Maybe that maybe they should play six games, or I, I don't really know. But uh, it does feel odd, and and some and it also feels odd that this game, like this this round of games yesterday, felt like the only time that win margin was really emphasized. Yeah, like they figured it out. Like the Celtics had a zero scoring margin, and they realized, well, this is obviously going to be the difference. All right, so the Hawks scored two points in the last four minutes. General rule of thumb, you're keeping track of live totals, two points a minute per team. So they should have scored eight. They only scored two. That's a minus six, five points under. That's how it goes. Well, I had the Timberwolves, uh, and I should have had the Timberwolves under because the Thunder showed up. I mean, they wanted to win. The, th- the Timberwolves were max motivated. motivated. You, that shows up on defense. So that was my mistake. I played the Timberwolves at three. Could have got the team total. Th- thunder under would have been easy. Yeah, so here's the way it plays out. I mentioned the matchups. Uh, the Lakers are your one seed in the West. They play the four seed Suns. The two seed is the Kings against the three seed Pelicans. In the uh, East, you have the uh, one seed Bucks against the four seed Knicks and the two seed Pacers against the three seed Celtics. So, who do we like to win the play in tournament, boys? So, breaking, we have the odds for the quarterfinal games first up on Tuesday. Celtics at Pacers. Celtics are four and a half here. Give me a good road favorite that's max motivated. I don't think they're scared of being in the field house. Uh, interesting one. Pelicans are at Kings in the West. Kings are minus five. The Bucks are six-point favorites hosting the Knicks. And the Suns are underdogs, slight underdogs, or two-point underdogs at L.A. You know who I think I like to win this tournament is the Kings. I, I, this, oh, to win the whole tournament? I, I thought you were just talking about the West. No, I, I, th- I think I like them to win the whole tournament. I, I, maybe just to win the West, you're right, because if you put them up against the Bucks or the uh, the Celtics, and God knows you know how, how I'd feel about it at that point. But And there's no futures lines available yet. Hopefully those come up this is sometime this week. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do feel like this is something that the Kings will be max motivated for. Like, when you're talking about the, the guys that are on the Lakers and the Suns, like, this is a... It's like a it's a kitschy little you know side thing for them. This is like the Kings who don't ever really win anything. This would be a huge deal for yeah, them. Yeah, like LeBron like. would rather like take some nights off yes. during those games and and not and not play the regular season games that they're going to be scheduled with. I think generally <laughs> and this is kind of why I I'm not super high on teams like the Bucks or the or the Celtics. I generally think the team the younger teams are going to be the teams that are most interested in this. Like the teams that who like the, the Bucks, Celtics, Lakers, these guys all have bigger goals. I mean and I'm listen, not like the Kings don't want to win the title or the Knicks don't want to win the title, but the reality is they're long shots to do that. This is this is something that they're absolutely capable of winning though. Right. And I think they're going to push hard for that whereas 
if it comes down to like, think about this. If it gets to an overtime situation, you're going to play LeBron James extra minutes in overtime to try and win some in-season tournament? I, I don't know. You got to count. You got to think about the rest of the season, right? You're going to put extra mileage on AD to win these games? I, I don't think so. All right, calling it right now. Makes sense to me. Knicks, Celtics, Lakers, Kings. Okay. That's your semifinals here in Vegas. Knicks are going to beat the Bucks. Knicks are going to beat the Bucks. Yep. Knicks are going to beat the Bucks. Right. And 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 then the Knicks are going to beat the Celtics here in Vegas. Oh boy. Yeah. You know, that's that's you a know, big deal. Sacramento ball comes to Vegas all the time. They play like a game a year here. Yeah. Well, you know yeah, what? I mean, I feel better about my the Sacramento. Owners, uh, the old owners owned uh, the Pumps. If you tell me that Sacramento's playing the Knicks in the championship, I like the Knicks to, or I like the Kings to win the whole thing. So, right, uh, yeah, that's a good give me that. Give me the that King, matchup. I feel good. The Kings should have moved to Vegas a long time ago, right? <laughs> it made sense. Like, they owned the Palms. Like, it was like, it, it could have been the, the Vegas King. We have the Aces, then we could have the Kings. We're like, going to have the Mavericks. It just makes sense. <laughs> now, who owns it now? It's like Vivek uh, owns the, uh, owns the Kings, the Kings yeah. right? Vivek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it used to be the Maloofs who owned the, the Palms here in Vegas. Well, I, I think that's a good transition, Mac, what you just said. We're, we're soon to own, we're soon to have the Mavericks. I, I don't know if that's true, but. Uh, there's certainly a, a, a move happened yesterday that would lead that direction. The Adelson family has basically, it looks like they're going to buy the Dallas Mavericks or, or the majority stake of the Dallas Mavericks. That said, Mark Cuban would ma- remain in control of yes. the franchise, all basketball decisions. Right. But he would get $3.5 billion? Well, yeah. it, he would be bet his 100%. Ownership of the company would be down to like five billion. Yeah, it would be down. He's to like keeping 40 some. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a couple bill. Basically, the Las Vegas Sands Corp would would, which is the Adelson family. Um, uh, you know, Sheldon's uh, late Sheldon, his wife. Um, who, who do you think wanted a team? I don't feel like I don't know her, but she's like ninety. I you know, like, I don't think she, it was it was Miriam. I feel that was like let's get so, the Mavs on our so on our. There was actual conversations, register. and I don't know about the team moving to to Vegas, but there was conversations about. Um, them building a new arena with uh, like a casino and everything in Dallas, and that's Mark Cuban's been lobbying and Mark Cuban's to, been lobbying to make to gambling legal. gambling legal in the mm. state of Texas, and so maybe that's like the future plans here is that they're partnering up so that, that the Las Vegas Sands Corp owns the fifty seven percent of the of the Mavericks. They build the arena, they build the casino, they build the hotel, and the team stays there and. You know, that's that, that's or not. part of it. Or even not. So Mark Cuban bought the Mavs. He probably give them more public money. He yeah. bought he bought the Mavs back in two thousand for two hundred and eighty five million dollars. I'd say good investment. Good 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 return on his money there. Yeah, three point five billion. If, if he went to himself on Shark Tank and pitched that, I think they would. <laughs> he's buy not him. on Shark Tank anymore. He's out. Uh, well, he's he, running for president. I don't know what he's doing. I, I'm telling you, there's something going on here with Mark Cuban. He's he's selling the Mavericks. He's leaving Shark Tank. I don't know what's happening, but I don't like it. All right, let's talk about the games in the NBA on the schedule for tonight. Mackenzie, the Lakers are at the Pistons. Lakers laying seven and a half points, and neither of these teams played last night in the uh, play-in tournament. Pistons lost 14 straight. There's a lot of different ways you can look at this. Pistons lost 14 straight, the worst team in basketball by far. All right, so they'll beat the Lakers tonight? Lakers, yeah, exactly. That's my thinking. You know, bounce back. They got to eventually, Lakers aren't going to care about this game. That's my first thought in any other scenario. But Lakers just had a 46-point loss or something. It was the worst in LeBron's career. So I think switches the motivation over to L.A. I think uh, I think I could only play L.A. here. But I never play the Lakers because you play them any time in the last five years, you're 50, you know, 45%. Mm. The, the Pass. Ma- the Magic are minus 9.5 hosting the Wizards. I What I've seen is I like the Magic. I think the Magic are obviously an overperforming team. 
But I think I like the Magic more as underdogs. Nine and a half feels like a big number to lay, even against a pretty bad Wizards team. I agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, talk about motivation. Magic just got to win the game. And they're a defensive-oriented team, so. And even even in some spots. Phoenix Suns minus two and a half at the Toronto Raptors, total 223 and a half. Uh, I wonder how these teams, and I I know not all of them played just last night, but I wonder how the teams that are clinched now in this in-season tournament, how they react to their next non-tournament game. Right. Well, the Raptors played last night, so who knows. The the Suns are a team much like the Bulls, where every time I look at a line, I'm like, but the Suns are better than that. I think the Bulls are worse than that. Like, I just fundamentally agree with the market by about two points. I'll probably be on the Suns again. Boy, this is a a gross game, but this has got to be a tough number to lay. Memphis minus four and a half hosting the Jazz. The Grizzlies have not won a home game yet this season. Something the Jazz only won one road game. What gives tonight, Mac? Grizzlies are gonna win. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're super hurt, but they're not like a bad organization. They're, they're, they're gonna be like 500 by the end of the year. That would be impressive from where they start three and 13 to start the season. Yeah, 500. Phil- Here you go. Called it Philadelphia minus one and a half at the Pelicans total 227 and a half. I think you got to fade the Pelicans. Because they made the uh, the tournament? Because, uh, yeah, no. They were pop- what do you think? They were popping champagne last no, night? No, they can't be. <laughs> I, I don't know that it matters much at all. We, uh, got, we got Joel Embiid versus Zion Williamson, two of the top three points-per-minute guys ever in the NBA, the other being Michael Jordan. That's a pretty, pretty good company, I would say. Uh, Rockets plus six and a half at the Nuggets. And the Clippers minus one and a half at the Kings, the Kings who did play last night. Again, another another one. I think the Clippers are going to be motivated after losing to a Jokic list, Murray list, Gordon list Nuggets team. Pretty embarrassing. Boy, all the, like the steam on them, too, and they didn't show up at all. Fade the Kings off the, like, the exciting win against the, the Warriors last night? Maybe so. Yeah, maybe, maybe the way. To, I, I hate the idea of fading the Kings at home mm-hmm. and the Clippers stink on the road. Yeah. So this is like one of those games where normally I, I'd like the Kings catching points, but I think you're right. I think maybe uh, the motivation angle is on the Clippers. Last night in college basketball, some statement were made and let's start with Kentucky making a statement against Miami 95 73 split my bets on that one I was like I like Miami and I like the over uh Miami not close the over easy money so Kentucky gets the job done by 22 they may be really good they're a good three-point shooting team which is something that Calipari hasn't had in a while and Clemson an 85 77 win on the road at Alabama you don't do the voice when you talk about college basketball? Hey, Alabama. No, that's it's, only for college football. It's only old radio football o- announcers. Only for college football. Uh, but an 85-77 road win for Clemson. They were nine-and-a-half-point dogs and went outright at Clemson. So a huge win for them and maybe some uh, some chinks in the armor for Alabama. On the, In the top 25 tonight, we've got a handful of games. St. Joe's is at Villanova. Villanova, 14 and a half uh, in the Big Five. I guess now the Big Six. They still call it the Big Five. Yeah. I guess the branding's done. The T-shirts are made. The trophies are printed. Uh, James Madison laying 22, hosting Buffalo. Buffalo, maybe the worst defensive team in the country. 22 still a lot of points with James Madison, though. The matchup of the day, though, Tennessee against North Carolina. System play. Number 10, Tennessee, plus two and a half at North Carolina. Is it a system play when it's the, I mean, it is. It's a lower-ranked team that's favored over a higher-ranked team. Even on the road? 
It's a lower ranked team that's, that's favored over takes, a higher ranked. Huh? I feel like home road has to be involved in that somehow. Well, mo- no, most of the time, that's when the lower ranked team is favored. Okay, when home. right. Uh, and I like t- crossover there. I'd be interested to see the splits. Like, why would an unranked team be favored on, on the, the road? road. I mean, it's just a higher sometimes ranked team. the rankings yeah. are wrong. I think it's going to be interesting because. Tennessee's look great so far this season. They're a really good defensive team. Uh, they're already shooting better than they were last year. Their two losses, though, against Purdue and Kansas, what those teams have in common, dominant big men. Edie, 23 points, 10 rebounds. Hunter Dickinson, 17 points, 19 rebounds. North Carolina's got bigs. Armando Baycott isn't quite on that Zach Edie, Hunter Dickinson level, but he's probably the next the next tier down. Uh, Tennessee has one big guy in Jonas Adu, but not much else when it comes to defending bigs. They, they, uh, Olivia uh, Kamwa is gone. He went to Michigan. That's a big loss for them. So I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about Tennessee in this game. I, I feel like I want to back them here, but their problems against bigs, this could be a time that it shows. And then Texas A&M plus system. An- yeah, plus one and a half at Virginia. This is a this is like a bonus system because it's an unranked team that is favored over a ranked team. Yeah, Virginia minus one and a half at home. They are unranked. Uh, I was high on AM coming into the season, but I'm liking them more and more. Um, a couple nights ago, they were without two of their top guys, Henry Coleman and Tyrese Radford. They got probably their worst game of the year from Wade Taylor. Uh, they, they got beat on the glass, and they still got a four-point win over a solid Iowa State team. Uh, the Aggies are very experienced. They're maybe the best offensive rebounding team in the country. And they're going to be comfortable playing at Virginia's pace. I, I think the edge on the boards is enough to make me like the Aggies here. So I like Texas A&M plus one and a half. Colorado is at Co- – I'm going against the system, I know. Colorado at Colorado State. Colorado State minus three and a half. Have you gone against the system this year? Uh, I've not. I've right, not. Right. Uh, and then Duke. Because you've been red hot, so I want to see uh, you know unstoppable object and you know moving force. It, well, it's never oh, unstoppable. You, you know how that goes, Mac. Uh, Duke minus five and a half on the road at Arkansas. Just three games on the ice tonight. The Canadiens are at the Blue Jackets. Columbus a minus one thirty-five favorite in that game. Elsewhere, the New York Rangers will host the Detroit Red Wings. That's a TNT game, nationally televised. Rangers. Minus 205 favorites. New York still with the best record in the league at 15-4-1, 31 points. But they are coming off a 5-1 loss the other night to the Sabres. So they are looking to bounce back. Meanwhile, the Red Wings, uh, three straight wins against some quality opponents, including a win in Boston against the Bruins over the weekend, 5-2. And they got some reinforcements as Patrick Kane is signing a deal with the Red Wings. So Patrick How old is Patrick Kane? He's uh, in his 30s. Okay. He's, he's, he's Still up there an in impact age. guy? Um, he's 35. Uh, he's, um, let's see, impact. Yeah, he's going to have a positive impact. Is he a guy that, like, you have to, you know, you have to mark up and, and, and game plan for? Uh, not, not quite, but a veteran presence. There's a lot of talent still left in those legs. Not as quick as he was. The shot's still there. Uh, I think that it provides leadership for a young, exciting team in the Detroit Red Wings, who are 11-6-3 to start the year. They've gotten off to a really good start. Uh, and they, they brought in a lot of reinforcements this offseason. Guys like Debrinkit and others, uh, and now bringing in Kane, really makes them uh, a formidable foe. And the Capitals are at the Kings. L.A. is minus 210. They are 13-3-3 this season. The L.A. Kings off to a tremendous start, thanks in part to their goaltending. Uh, you know, hard to argue with many with, – with, with, anybody in the league that's been playing better 
than Cam Talbot right now. Maybe Thatcher Demko, but uh, yeah, Cam Talbot, one of the top goaltenders in the league in, in the league right now to start the season. Hard to argue with better deals going on right now at pregame.com, where you guys can save twenty percent off anything you'd like on the website. Use the promo code Chill Twenty. Speaking of hockey, chill. Cold, ice, you know, yeah. chill 20, get you 20% off at pregame.com. You can use that college football championship uh, games coming up this weekend. Want to take advantage of those bets. Uh, still got NBA going every day, NHL as well, football, NFL. Chill 20, take 20% off anything at pregame.com. For McKenzie, I'm Scott Sadler. We are straight out of Vegas. Oh.